Amen. For those of you that I have not had the opportunity to meet this morning that are visiting for the first, second, third time, welcome. I'm Pastor Dwayne. Um, uh, Pastor Troy is not here this weekend. He is off somewhere doing something. Amen. Everybody needs a break. He may be working, but, you know, Troy just has that personality to make work fun. So wherever he's at, he's laughing and having him a good time. So we bless him and his family while they're away. Again, we welcome you guys. If you haven't found out where the facilities are, they're on the other side of that wall. We got three perfectly normal working restrooms over there. Amen. So we can take care of that for you. Um, uh, but now what I want to do is just kind of transition into um, the message that the Lord gave me. As we began to speak um, as an elder team, um, uh, as, a, as a group of pastors and leaders of this church and God began to impress upon us um, our need to to move, to grow, to expand. How I many of you know that God expands our territory? Amen? He does that. And so as we began to talk about this, um, God began to give vision. Somebody say vision. Amen. So uh, next week um, is not a week you want to miss if you're a member of this church. Because uh, Pastor Troy is going to share uh, the vision that God has given him uh, for this church, for this body of believers, for this community. Amen. So I'm encouraging you to be here. If you can't be here, um, somebody will be live streaming. So you can catch it on there. Um, but if you can be here, you definitely want to be here. Amen. Um, and that just leads me to the message of today's uh, uh, for, for service today, which is why Jesus came. Why Jesus came. Now, for many of us, this just may be a reminder. For some of us, it may be the first time that we've heard it in this way. Nevertheless, God has something that he wants to say to us today. Amen? One of the things that I've noticed just in observation is that a lot of times, as a church, as a body of believers, um, it's so easy to just get caught up in doing church. Right. We just get caught up in our habits and our routines and and things just become so familiar. But God really impressed upon me that where we're going and what he wants to do, we have to be focused on what it is that's important to him. We have to remember why Jesus came in the first place. See, we have to remember that Jesus, when he came. Although he was born as a baby, we have to remember that. He was already God. He was already king. He was already on his throne. And he came to do something. He came to do many things. And we're going to go over some of those things, some of those reasons why Jesus came. Why is that important? So that we can focus on those things. Because if it's important to him, it should be important to us, right? See, the thing we have to remember about Jesus is that he didn't come on his own accord. He came because he was sent by God the Father. And we as children of God, we too should have the same attitude in which Jesus has. Not just had, but still to this day, he has this same attitude, the same desire to please God in all of his ways. Amen. Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father say and I only do what I see my father do. That's how in tune he was with his father. It's about relationship. Church. It's not about religion. 
your religion is no good. Right? It's like bad shrimp fried rice. It's no good. <laughs> All right? But relationship is where it's at. So that's what we're going to focus on is our relationship. Amen? So let's, let's just turn our attention to the scriptures and, and let's find out why Jesus came. Let's be reminded today by the Holy Spirit why Jesus came. First and foremost, to do the will of the Father. To do the will of the Father. Says it here in John John 6 and 38. He says, for I have come down from where? From heaven. Not from the manger. Not from Bethlehem. I came down from heaven. Not to do my own will. But the will of him who sent me. Who's he talking about, church? He's talking about God the Father. God the Father. Not on his own accord, not on his own will. It wasn't his big idea. It was God the Father's big idea. Amen? Next, it was to bring light to a dark world. The Bible says in the beginning, in Genesis, the earth was dark, it was void. He came to bring light into a dark world. And it says here in John 12 and 46, he says, I have come as a light into the world. That what? That whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Should not abide in darkness. What does it mean to abide, church? To dwell. To live. It's not God's desire that we live in darkness. Amen? It's his desire that we be in the light. In his light. His son. Scripture says we are in Christ Jesus. Amen? And if we are in Christ Jesus, what? What does the scripture say? Concerning that. Anybody say? Right? Amen. Anybody want Jesus in you? He is in you. He wants to live through you. Amen? The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old man has passed away and all things have become what? New. Amen? He also came to bear witness to the truth. Now you may recall that Jesus also said that I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. But he also came to bear witness of the truth. Amen? He said, and Pilate says, Pilate therefore said to him, are you a king then? He's asking Jesus. Are you a king then? Jesus answered, you say rightly that I am a king. For this cause I was born. See, he was a king before he was born. Amen? You say rightly that I am a king for this cause I was born and for this cause I have come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears what? Hears my voice. Amen? What truth was he bearing witness to? What truth was he bearing witness to? The truth of God's word, God's plan. Amen? God's desire. 
His desire for us. Aren't you glad that God had a desire for us? This is something we need to realize. We need to know God didn't need us. Didn't need us. He desired us. Ever been in a relationship with anybody and have that great sense of knowing that you are wanted? That's a big deal. It's a big deal, especially if you ever felt like you were not wanted. It's a huge deal. He wanted us. He didn't need us. He desired us. Amen. Next thing, to demonstrate humility. Jesus came to demonstrate humility. He says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Jesus, I guess, could have had the attitude. Won't you just send somebody else to do that? I don't like that plan. Take one of them archangels and let him be the one to go through that. Right? He says, but he made himself of no reputation. He made himself of no reputation. Some people spend their whole life trying to build their own reputation. And you care so much about your reputation and so little about God's reputation. See, when people see our lives, when they see us, they see how we interact with one another, how we treat people, we are a reflection of something. We are a reflection of someone. If you got that little fish bumper sticker on your car and all these little crosses and all this stuff that identifies you, as a believer, as a Christian, and you flip them off, what are they going to be thinking? This is a child of God? Right? I mean, we laugh, but it's the truth, right? <laughs> what do you say? That's why you don't want to put them on your car. <laughs> Verse 8, he says, in being found in appearance as a man, in appearance as a man. Now, we have to know that Jesus was not just a man. See, some people are not walking in the promise of God and have not received Jesus because they only see him as a man. They only see him as a, as a teacher, a rabbi. They may see him as a prophet. They may see him as a, as a good man. But they don't see him as who he really is. He was king. He was God. Always has been. Always will be. He didn't come to earth to become that. That's who he was. And that's what's so awesome about it. That our God, our, the king of the universe came and gave his life for us. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Didn't say he humbled you. 
He didn't come say, get right with God or go to hell. That wasn't his message. Right? He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. It takes that kind of humility to fulfill our purpose in life. And we all have a purpose in life or we would not be here. And it doesn't matter how long or how short your life is. If God gave you life, there's a purpose for it. Even if for a moment. Even if it was a child who, 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 who died shortly after they were born. Even if it was a child who was in the womb and was never born, there was still a purpose for that life. Still a purpose for that life. So we can't discount the life that God has given us because it's so, so valuable. Amen? Next he says, to fulfill the law and the prophets. Now this is really, really important. To fulfill the law. You need to understand something about the law. The law was perfect. And they that had a desire to keep it had to keep it perfectly in order to be considered righteous. Right? But we all know, if we be honest, none of us could keep the whole law perfectly. Now, you might have a good day, a good week, a good month, but throughout the entirety of your life, every day, keep the law perfectly? Ain't no way. Even on our best day, what we don't know would make us fall short of the glory of God. Right? So it says here in Matthew 5 and 17, he said, do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. He says, I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. And thank God Almighty that he did just that. It's because he actually came and fulfilled all the righteous requirements of the law that through faith, we are now righteous. Through faith in him, we receive his righteousness. It has nothing to do with us being good enough. It has nothing to do with us being good enough. It has everything to do with him, our perfect sacrifice, being good enough. And he did please the Father. And Jesus, God, God the Father said, he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He said, I'm well pleased. Now this is before the cross. The first time he said it, this is before the cross. How so? Well, Mr. Bob actually kind of touched on it a little bit earlier. See, back in Isaiah, it was prophesied. See, he had already, the Lamb of God had been slain before the foundations of the world. It already happened in the spirit realm. And this is something you need to know, church. Everything that you see in the natural was birthed out of the spirit. 
It was manifested at some point in time so that we could gaze upon it and we could see it and we can observe it and we can give honor and glory to God and praise him for it. But it happened first in the spirit. Think about it. The Lamb of God, Jesus was slain before the foundations of the world, before we were even here. It was already done. That's how perfect of a plan God had. It was already done. That's why Jesus on the cross could say, it is finished. Why? Because he fulfilled the law and he fulfilled the prophets. What was prophesied, what was spoken of him by the holy men of God, the prophets that spoke out. Right? Even John the Baptist, known as a prophet. Behold the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sins of the world. Amen? Next, says to be made like his people and to destroy the devil. Now you got to think about this for a second. To be made like his people and to destroy the devil. Now remember, Jesus is God. He could have easily destroyed the devil without becoming a man. But he decided to make a point that I'm going to come in this state. Because see, what we have to remember, the scripture says that man is made lower than the angels. Satan was an angel. Jesus came as man lower than the angels and still defeated the chief angel. Think about that. Here it is, Hebrews 2, 14 through 17. He says, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same he became like us. He said that through death, through death, he might destroy him who had the power of death. So Jesus destroyed, right? Satan through death. He destroyed the devil through his death. Amen? He says that this, the devil... And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now, I want to stop right there for a second. Most of us who got saved before we came to this church and heard this message of grace the way that we hear it. Got saved under the law. In other words. Most of us didn't get saved because we were responding to the love of God. Many of us got saved because we were afraid of going to hell. That's the reality. Most of us got saved because we did not want to. We feared hell. Now we know that fear is not for us. 
Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but what? Of power, love, and a sound mind. And so often we tend to focus on power and love and we forget the sound mind. But you got to protect your mind or the enemy will run you crazy with lies and deception. Not, the, not even the truth. But will fill your heart with fear, with lies and tricks. That if we just, we fall into them because we don't know the truth. That's why the scripture says it's the truth that we know that makes us free. The truth that we know, the truth that we receive and we say amen to that. I get it. I get it. Amen. Verse 16 says, for indeed, he does not give aid to angels. Hear this. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels. Them angels that left y'all, ain't no hope for them. Ain't no hope for them. Ain't no salvation for the angels. Right? He says, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. Now, who's the seed of Abraham? The seed of Abraham are those who believe. The Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him as righteousness. It wasn't because he did right. You go back and read the scriptures. He did much wrong. He was just like us, a man just like us. Same frailties. Got afraid. Started lying. Right? Went outside of God's plan, created this whole big mess that we're still dealing with today. Because he didn't wait on the promise. He decided to follow his woman. Now, this is not an indictment, women. I'm just saying what happened in the scriptures. But he followed his woman. She had this desire. And he let her desire trump God's plan. And it caused a big mess. And we're still dealing with the ramifications of it today. Verse 17, he says, Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. To make propitiation for the sins of the people. What is propitiation? It's the satisfaction. See, Jesus' death satisfied the wrath of God. That's good news, church. That means... There's no more wrath of God for us. That's, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. God used up all of his wrath that was in store for sin, right? And he put it all on Jesus. And he punished sin once and for all. Why? So that you don't have to live in fear. So that we don't have to live 
in fear. I'm going to tell you something. We can live much more productive lives if we don't live in fear. Pastor spoke about it a little bit last week. Right? When the talents were given, and that one who was given one talent, when the master came back, he says, hey, what you got for me? He says, well, I knew you were a hard man. So I dug a hole and I, I put it in there. Here you go. Out of fear, he dug a hole and put what God gave him in the ground. It produced no harvest. Produced no harvest. The others, what did they do? They multiplied it. They were fruitful. They were much more productive because they were not living out of fear. Amen? Next, he came to destroy the works of the devil. Not just destroy the devil, but to destroy the works of the devil. He says, he who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil. We're talking about going all the way back to Adam. Because that's where sin began for us. Right? Went all the way back to the very beginning to undo what Satan had done through Adam and Eve in the garden. He went back to restore order. To restore order. To put us back in our rightful place, the place that God put us. To give us an opportunity to reign with him. To restore that that power and that authority which was given up. was given up. It was relinquished by Adam. Amen? Thank God that he restored us. To serve. To serve. Jesus said this. He says, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to what? But to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Unfortunately, so many people love being served. Love being served. Well, it's hard to be like Jesus when you love being served. If you don't, at some point, get pleasure out of serving someone else, you're going to miss out on a lot of opportunity and a lot of blessing. This is the attitude that Jesus had. He was, remember now, he was king. Sometimes when people look at Jesus, they see him as a little poor boy that was born in the manger, had nowhere to, had no, no, no end to even lay in, to, be, 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 to come into this world in a decent way. But was born and laid in the, an animal's trough, eating trough. People look at him and say, well, he was poor. No, he was king of everything. He had it all. 
He had it all. And never at any point when he came into the earth and put on humanity did he lose it all. He has always had it. And so often people tend to get their identity out of what they possess and what they have. We can't allow our identity to be wrapped up in stuff that's going to perish. Amen? We have to be, although we are sons and daughters of the king, we have to have the attitude of servanthood. Because he who desires to be great, Jesus said, will be the servant of all. You want to be great? Serve many. Serve many. Amen? He says also to call sinners to repentance. What is repentance, church? To change your mind. To change your mind. It's important that we understand that because so often we hear repentance as to just change your ways. Well, it's hard to change your ways if you don't change your mind. If you don't begin to see things the way that God sees them and, 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 and align yourself with it, it's going to be hard to change what you do and how you live. If there are some things in your life that you know are, are counterproductive and, 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 and ungodly, if you don't begin to see it for what it is, the way that he sees it, it's not going to change. It's just not. It's not. If God says something about one thing and you say something that's contrary to what God says, you're not aligned in that arena, in that particular area. You have to agree with God. That's what it means to confess. It means to agree with God. So you have to allow your mind to be changed. The Bible says, renew your minds daily. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What renews our mind? The word of God, whatever God speaks. I'm not just talking about the logos. I'm not just talking about what's on the pages of the Bible. I'm talking about what is God saying to you in this moment? Because, see, we're all sitting in here hearing the same words that are coming out of my mouth. But God is saying something different to everybody in here. God is ministering right now to everybody in here. Our minds are going somewhere. You might hear the words, but God is in your head and he's in your heart and he's moving and he's doing some things right now. And that's how he wants us to be when we're out of this setting. But it takes practice. It takes discipline. You want to get good at something? You have to do what? You got to do it over and over and over and over. But see, that's the work. That's the work that nobody really likes to do. Well, see, if we're going to be disciples of Christ. We have to understand that the root word that comes from disciple is discipline. We have to add discipline to our lives in order to be true disciples. Why? Because we're not going to always want to do right. Jesus himself in the garden said, 
Father, if there be any other way. That was the indication to me that he didn't really want to go through with this thing. If there be any other way, tell me now. But then he said this. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. And that's what we have to have. We have to have a nevertheless in our spirit. Especially in those moments when we don't want to do the right thing. Amen? It says here, well, it says when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician. But those who are sick, he says, I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now he's talking to the, to the religious leaders. He's talking to the Pharisees. Because, hey, they thought they was right. If you think you're right, I ain't come for you. But if you acknowledge that you're a sinner and you need God, I'm here for you. I can work with that. But if you think you know everything, I ain't got nothing to say to you. Right? So that's why God says, come to him as children. A lot of times when, when I'm meeting with the men for Bible study, I encourage the men before we even get into the Bible study. Approach this Bible study as if you know nothing. Because if you come empty, he'll fill you up. But if your cup is already full, you have no room to receive. Next, he says, to seek and save the lost. To seek and save the lost. He says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. To seek. Why to seek? Well, the scripture reminds us that the enemy also seeks. As he roams around the earth seeking whom he may devour. Well, Jesus came seeking whom he may save. Amen? He says also to save sinners. He says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. This is the Apostle Paul talking to his spiritual son, Timothy. Jesus came into the world to save sinners, not to destroy them. Amen? So if you're still under the law, and you're still preaching, fire, hell, and brimstone, that's not Jesus' message. If you want to align yourself with, 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 with Jesus, you got to look at what Jesus did. You got to know why Jesus came. Right? So as Christians, we are to be like him. The Bible says we were created in the image and likeness of God. Now Jesus came. Jesus came. And God says, hey, there's no other. And listen, there's no other way to me. If you don't receive my son, you, can't, you, don't, you have no part with me. See, when Jesus came, he made it all about the Father. He made it all about the Father. He did not make it about himself. 
And now that that's done to honor him and to, to, to glorify him, guess what? Now God said, it's all about my son. It's all about my son. It's all about Jesus. And if you don't come through him, you have no part with me. Amen? He says also to give eternal life. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You hear that, church? Hear and follow. That's how it happens. Anything else is out of order. You got to hear first, then follow. And that what Abraham, Abraham, Abram did? He heard and he followed. He went, not knowing where he was going. God said, I, you'll know when you get there. Just go on this journey with me. Just trust me. Amen? He says, and I give them eternal life. Jesus, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. I shall, they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Ooh, that's good news. Oh, that's good news. The Bible says that nothing and no one will be able to pluck us out of the hand of God. That's how protected we are. That's what that salvation did for us. Amen? Also to die, right? He says, most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much what? Much grain. He says, he who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. You hear that, church? If anyone serves me, let him follow me. Now, when it says follow me, Jesus is not saying reenact what I did in the Bible. That's not what he said. Unfortunately, people try to reproduce what Jesus did in the Bible. No, he says, follow my example. Follow my voice. Right? You got to understand, the Bible is really a history book. And it's a roadmap. Right? He's not wanting us to recreate history. Amen? He's not wanting us to recreate history. That's not what he wants us to do. It's not a reenactment. He's not about going back. He's about moving forward. Amen? Where I finish off. 26? I was in the middle. Ain't a good place to stop, is it? <laughs> if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, 
There my servant will be also. Man, that's good news, y'all. He says, if anyone serves me, him my father will honor. God the Father will honor those who follow Jesus, who follow his son. The one who made it all about him, and now he's made it all about his son. If we follow the son, God the Father will honor us. Isn't that awesome? Man. Verse 27. He says, now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. Again, Jesus in his humanity. In his humanity, right? He said, my soul is troubled. What's your soul? Your mind, your will, your emotions. Our souls were in trouble. If not for Jesus. Jesus came to save our souls. Understand something. See, we are made up. We are triune beings. We are spirit. That's the part of us that was created in the image and likeness of God. Because God is a spirit. Amen? God made a body. So we also have a body. From where? The dust of the ground. Okay? Now that dust of the ground, when we pass away, when we leave this earth, as the scripture says, from ashes to ashes and dust to dust, shall it return to which it came from the ground. Okay? The soul is what needed to be saved. The soul is what needed to be saved. Preserved. The Bible says that God, after he made man body, he breathed the breath of life into his body and man became a living being, a living soul. And again, the soul is the mind, the will, the emotions. Mind, will, and emotions. It's important. It's important. Why? Jesus died for it. Died for it. So our souls should also be important to us. Right? Now, Jesus died for our souls, but we have the responsibility to guard our souls. Scripture talks about back in the day when when, um, Lot, y'all remember Lot? The cousin of Abraham? I was as he was living down in that region Sodom and Gomorrah, there's a lot of stuff going on down there. And it wasn't just sexual sin. There's a lot of stuff going down there. A lot of stuff going on. But God saw Lot as righteous. But because he was in that environment and amongst those people, the scripture says that his righteous soul was tormented every day. His righteous soul was tormented. Now, do you think God wants torment, wants our souls to be tormented? No. No. He doesn't want us to be tormented. 
came to set us free. Now, where does torment come from? Torment comes from fear. Fear torments. So to live in fear is to allow your, your soul to be tormented. And again, that's not what God has for us. Amen? Says to bring peace, not fear. Peace, right? Says, for he himself, Jesus, is our peace. He himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. The middle wall of separation that separated us from God, right? He says, having abolished in his flesh the enmity. The enmity. That is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. Listen, guys, we would not have peace with God if not for the Prince of Peace. Jesus is our peace. He is Jehovah Shalom. Come on, somebody say Shalom. It means peace. He is our peace. Verse 17, he says, and he came and preached peace. He came and preached what? He came and preached peace. Not fear, not death, not hell, not the law. He came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Without Jesus, there is no access to the Father. We could not get into the very presence of God in the holy of holies. We would still be in the outer courts. But the scripture says that the curtain was torn from top to bottom. Now giving us access. Now he says, come boldly to the throne of grace. Amen. Also to reveal God's love. Jesus came to reveal God's love. Now, we're familiar with this one, right? He says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He came to demonstrate God's love. That's important because some people preach and teach that he came to reveal God's wrath. God's anger, God's disappointment. But he actually came to reveal God's love. Amen? And that is the last scripture. And my hope is that your souls were ministered to today. Your souls were saved 
Our souls were saved by Jesus and what he did for us, that which we could not do ourselves. But it's my desire that your soul is blessed today by way of reminder of his word and why he came. Because the reasons that he came is the same reasons why we should go. The reasons he came is the same reasons that we should be who he called us to be. The reasons he came is the same reasons why we ought to fulfill the purpose in which we were created. Amen? Now, my, my desire is that your souls be blessed. Brother James, can you give me that box? Well, there's two different types of souls. One that I defined earlier. And then also the souls of your feet. Scripture says, as a part of the armor of God, the Bible says our feet were shod with the preparation of the gospel. With the preparation of the gospel. It means you got to go, you got to walk. Jesus sent his disciples. They had to go into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel. Share the good news. All that we heard today was the good news. This was the gospel. The reasons why Jesus came is the gospel. And so I want us to be able to go. Whenever God calls us, I want us to be able to go and I want us to be happy about it. I want us to be excited about it. It doesn't matter if you're going to Haiti, if you're going to Publix. Just go. Amen? Now, the soles of your feet are important. Because when they get weary and they start aching, it makes you not want to go. So it's important that we take care of our feet. Amen? So... I want to bless your souls as well today. Amen? I got something in the mail uh, this weekend by surprise. But one of the companies that I'm affiliated with sent this box to my house. And I opened it up and I said, well, I didn't order this. So I said, let me check my account, make sure they didn't charge me for this. So I checked my account, and it wasn't a charge for me, so I called somebody. So I want to make sure I wasn't inadvertently keeping something that didn't belong to me. And then I was made aware of the fact that this company would, from time to time, based on your production, send you some extra stuff. You do whatever you want to do with it. And I just thought it was so interesting. My wife said, now, what you going to do with all of this? I said, I don't know. I said, let me read it and see what it is. I read it. It's called Epic. E-P-O-C-H. And guess what it is? Soul Solution. 
foot treatment. And I'm going to tell you something now. This is some good stuff. And I want, I want one of these to be in every household in this place. And I want you to take it a step farther. Because here's the thing. Although God has, is preparing us and has prepared us to do the work of the ministry, your first ministry is in that house. You can't spend all your time ministering to everybody outside of your house and forget about those people that are under that roof with you. Your family, your spouse, that's your first ministry. That's your first ministry. Amen? So let's take that to heart. So men, you need to rub that woman's foot. Okay? Now women, after they clean their feet, you need to rub that man's feet. And the children need to get in on it too. Rub each other's feet. Think about it. That's a way to humble yourself. That's a way to serve yourself. It wasn't too lowly of a job for Jesus. He washed his disciples' feet, every single one of them. Right? This stuff's going to make your feet healthier. Right? Some of you guys got a foot fetish you don't want nobody to know about, but this going to make it even better for you. Amen? So I want you guys to come down here and get one of these before you leave, all right? Everybody got it? All right, good. Come on, stand to your feet. We're going to pray. And we're going to get out of here this morning. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we bless your name, God, and we thank you so much for who you are. We thank you for what you have done, what you've spoken in our midst today, God, we are so grateful that you brought us here for such a time as this, Father, to hear your word, Father, to be moved by the gospel, by the good news. Father, the good news is still good to us. It's still good. It's so good. We thank you for just reminding us through your word, by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for speaking to each and every one of us as we sat and we listened and we heard what you had to say to us in our heart of hearts. And I thank you, Father, for giving us obedience, the obedience of faith to carry out whatever it is that you've called us to, whatever it is you've spoken into our hearts today. Father, I thank you so much for what you're doing in and through our lives. We are truly walking out the blessing of Abraham for you have blessed us to be a blessing. And we thank you for every opportunity that you give us to be your glory in the earth. But Father, there may be some here who do not have that experience they may not have that relationship with you maybe they've heard about you Jesus but maybe they don't quite know you in a personal way maybe they are still holding on to their religion and haven't quite grabbed hold of that relationship that precious relationship that relationship that makes us one with you and one with the Father. And so, Father, I want to give that opportunity today for those who are here who have a desire to know you, who have a desire to receive the righteousness of God through faith in his Son. 
Father, you've made it so simple for us. You said if we would confess with our mouth that Jesus, your son, is Lord, and that if we believe in our hearts that God had raised him from the dead, that we would be saved. And so, Father, it's at this time that I'm going to ask this entire congregation to just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I recognize my need for a Savior. I recognize and I desire a relationship with you. I believe that Jesus is your son. And I confess with my own mouth that Jesus is Lord. And I believe with all of my heart that you, God, raised him from the dead. And because of my confession and because of my faith in Jesus, I can now say that I am saved. I am a child of God. And I'm so grateful and I'm so happy about what you're going to do in and through my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, now I ask God that you would just bless this people, this body of believers every household, every person, man, woman, child represented in this place. Thank you, Father, for your hand of protection. Thank you for your provision, God. Thank you for your precious promises that are in Christ, yes and amen. You are such a faithful God. And I just speak blessing and honor over each and every person in this place under the sound of my voice. And I'm asking you, God, to do in their lives things that they could not imagine. God, have your way. Your word says that you have supplied every need according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Give them the faith to say amen and be in agreement with what your word says concerning them and their situation. All this I ask. And speak in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. Amen. We are dismissed. Now come on down here and get your soul solution.